my life had taught me that there wasn't a, a move that you can make with a big emotion other than to get away from it, let it cool off, get past it, get over it, and just keep moving, kind of to ignore those really painful places. Connecting Couples with the Real Emhoffs. Hi, I'm Chad Emhoff. And I'm Angela Emhoff. And we're doing kind of a little special series, a really short one, but one that kind of just takes us back to the beginning, where Chad and I first started learning about emotionally focused therapy, how it landed in both of our bodies, how it landed in uh, in our brains as well. We talked in the last episode, Chad started taking it in really cognitively. I took it in really emotionally. Either way, we both started a journey to get really deeper into our emotions and build a more secure relationship, which is really the foundation of how we even got to this podcast, yeah. how we got to this place where we're doing workshops and uh, really wanted to include our listeners in the beginning for us. And so we're going to start with Chad's side of this. In the last episode, you heard him say it really was a map for him uh, in his therapy, and he really wanted to take it a little bit further. So I kind of want to know from you, Chad, if you'll share with us kind of how you saw it, how it landed with you, and then how you've changed since then. How have you applied it, not only in your practice, obviously, but personally and in your relationship? Those are great questions. So I'm going to just start with, you know, how I how it first kind of showed up for me. Um, whenever I was at the externship, kind of learning about some of these things, I really kind of got this sense that like, there's a map, somebody understands this, like this, this makes sense. It's really based on attachment theory and some of what Bowlby and those, those folks did. Um, but, but it wasn't just for kids. Like I had heard some about attachment theory, um, with children and I'd worked with some kids and I was kind of working with kids at the time as a therapist, but, I started to go, Oh my gosh, like this is real for, for my life. This is real. We do this, me and Angela do this. And so not only me and Angela, but me and my ex-wife and me and my, my parent, child, all, all cousins, all, we all, all of them, this. all of them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We, everybody seems to do this. And I'm like, how, how can I, how can I continue to be at there? Like I couldn't be authentic after learning some of this information and go do uh, something that didn't at least acknowledge um, the, the deep role that emotion and, and that really it's a part of our brain. When we talk about emotion, it's not just, um, a reactive, uh, kind of thing that people kind of, uh, I don't know, say, Oh gosh, you're so emotional. There's that Robin hood scene that uh, I remember it's the cartoon the where it's cartoon like, or he goes, Oh, emotional lady or whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> that is not what I'm taught. When I say emotion, I don't mean it like that. And I'm not saying emotional lady, I'm quoting Robin hood, but I'm like, <laughs> Uh, but what I'm saying is like, that is not the emotion I'm talking about. I'm talking about the, the sense that I get or that, that anyone gets when, when they feel distressed, when they feel threat, when they feel loss, those things have tons and tons and tons of power over us. And so for me, when I first started to learn about, well, when I found out that somebody had made, um, a map of how to navigate those places, places I had always kind of felt stuck places. I still feel stuck sometimes whenever somebody kind of gets big energy. So, um, I thought, gosh, I've got, I've got to understand this. I really want to understand this. And it's, it's really the mystery, um, of therapy in my opinion of, of like how, how therapy works is based in this and whether it's whatever they, they call it, it doesn't have to be emotionally focused therapy by Sue Johnson. It could be any therapy. The way, the way that humans work is somebody sees us, understands us, help us, helps us organize us, our, our, our world, our inner workings, and then we can kind of do something different with it and slow it down. So that, that was kind of like my, my hook. That was the thing that kind of said, Hey, um, th- this, this makes sense. This isn't, 
um, this isn't a confusing lost place, right? And and so I, I don't want to go into all the theories of therapy, but but they all kind of have little little bits of them in in an EFT, and so they all have these theories of change. And as I started to look at um, why EFT, I was like, man, this is this theory aligns with what I believe about humans, not just from a a cognitive understanding place, but like from a faith standpoint also, it really like made sense of why grace and love and, and response at why, why, why we would be even be made in a way that gives us so much free will and choice, right? It, it's like this huge picture of like how humans work, why the new Testament is so important and why grace is so important and why, why the old Testament was also important and, and why it was such a good demonstration of, of what needed to come and, and even a foreshadowing of Christ and all, all the need there. Um, I think our relationships mirror a lot of that and, and really show us the need for grace and love and acceptance, even in our, and, and really mostly in our worst places and our hardest places. So it really made a lot of sense to me on those levels. I think you want to ask me a question. Well, I see you leaning in. Sorry. I want to make a distinction. I want you to clarify a distinction because you made a point to say, even quoting the Robin Hood movie, like, yeah. oh, emotional lady, like there was possibly a thing you had understood about yeah. emotion growing up and how somehow when you learned this, it felt like the right way, different than what you had learned. So can you kind of explain the shift of of moving from what you might have been told about emotion or what you understood about emotion versus what you were starting to feel or see was, was different. Does that make sense? I think it does. Um, so it's a very cognitive thing that I'm about to tell you. Um, so there was a felt sense of, Oh, that makes sense. Right. Like if I like, Oh, okay. That felt better. That felt good. But or it seems to feel good. Um, but, but for me, it was this, like emotion had only really gotten in the way. Like if, 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 if a parent or a friend or a girlfriend or whoever was crying, it had always meant like you had done, I had done something bad or something bad had happened. So my goal kind of had been, and my whole life had taught me to avoid emotion, like, like avoid big emotion anyway, avoid painful places. Cause there isn't much we can do with them. There isn't much, there isn't a really a solution for that. And really there's not. And again, I, I don't believe this now, but like my life had taught me that there wasn't a, a move that you can make with a big emotion other than to get away from it, let it cool off, get past it, get over it and just keep moving kind of to ignore those really painful places. Um, and, and not just painful, but even celebratory, even places that are, you know, accolades and, and, and when t- people tell you, oh, good job, or you did something that maybe other people haven't done, um, even to receive a, a gift or a reward or a, it's like, it's really tough because it's like that emotion doesn't normally, um, last. It's not to be trusted. It's not to be, uh, it has no real purpose. It, it's kind of a silly childish thing. And so that's what my life had kind of taught me was that those things weren't very valuable. So to learn that, that yeah, there is a value in them and it can do something other than just um, cause pain, right? There, that actually, emotion can be something that could connect us. If you can, and for me, this is how I would say it. So I think Angela would say this there. But if I can learn uh, how to engage with it and what to do with emotion, not just, not just have emotion be the thing that happens to me um, or the thing that kind of takes over relationship. If, if I realize that, oh, that emotion is actually calling for something, it's asking for a need to be met and, and it's possible to meet the need, which is what, why I never really wanted to engage with it is because I didn't think it was possible. And, and frankly, 
it's hard. It's hard to meet the need if you've never been trained to do it or or if you've only been trained to use emotion, which is the other side of this, as a tool to get some other need, like a secondary emotion, it's really hard to get through it. So, okay, you're, it's a very complex question that you asked. So I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I really love the way you answer it, even because even he said he kind of gave this disclaimer. Angela would answer this differently, kind of, but really at the base of it, it's the same. Chad is saying if I if I figured out that I could learn to do something different, and for me the wording is if I could figure out that I could feel and do something different. It just, Chad really takes a cognitive approach, but I really love even the message that you're saying is that my whole life, I saw emotion as something that I needed to avoid or that was possibly bad. And then here I go to this training where they're like, by the way, um, for a guy uh, like you, we've talked about yeah. you kind of being a man's man, like to fix things. I'm going to hand you a tool bag and you're going to be able to navigate these places where you've never, you've never navigated before. Or not only have you never, you've not seen hardly anyone in your life navigate these places before. I can just kind of, it, it's like going to Harbor can, Freight. I mean, like you're yeah. excited. You're getting a lot of tools that you're going to get to use. <laughs> I think, I think Angela, uh, and I, this, I, I don't, I don't mean this to qualify me or you or, or whatever. Like that's not my, I'm not trying to put a qualifier out here, but I'm like, I don't think anybody very, I think very, 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 very few people actually navigate these things. Yeah. Well, I think some people can do a lot of emotion and they don't know how to organize it. They don't know how to make sense of it. They don't know how to like hold it. And I think some people can do very little emotion. Right. And I think there's a continuum on both of those things, but I, I think it's rare the person who can hold emotion and be kind of engaged cognitively with it. I love that you say can do emotion or can't do emotion. And I think the shift here that we've learned is leveraging it, it as a resource, yeah. not just avoiding it, the kind of typical, I want to say, withdrawer strategy or letting it run you, which is a kind yeah. of a typical anxious or pursuer strategy um, but really going, um, I see that this emotion is telling me something and I need to pay attention to what it's telling me and possibly let my partner know that. Um, we, yeah. th I think about the series we did on staying tuned in about how we send a different message than we want to send. Yeah. And really this theory says um, you've been sent a message about emotions your whole life and actually – there's something different. There's something better. There's something that when you realize it, when you see the map, it's not as scary. Yeah. It actually makes complete sense. And so I, I just love your cognitive explanation of going, I don't think it's as scary. Now, it doesn't mean that when we're when you and I are in a fight or when there's something that comes up, it doesn't feel urgent or scary or bad. But knowing in the therapy setting and in our relationship that kind of the dance we do makes sense and here's why yeah, helps us approach it in a different way. So I love, I love the way well, that you're explaining how you've downloaded this. I don't want to, this, I don't want this to sound condescending to withdrawers like myself, <laughs> but, but I, I, it's like, I'm a toddler trying to figure out how to navigate emotion, like how to, like, it's one thing for me to give you a book on how to use a, a, I don't know, a drill or a complex tool or a computer, right? If you read the manual for your computer and you read your manual and read your manual and read your manual, it, it, that, like you can, until you sit down and you actually start to like 
hit the buttons, move the keys, use the mouse, right? Uh, some, of, some of these things you can't really pick up until you do it. Unless we had a really clear um, guide. And we didn't. In our emotional I mean, journey, yeah. none of us did. We all have kind of an arrested development in this area. I mean, yeah. we are definitely, your, your doctor tracks your you know, from Avery, who our little four-year-old, from her birth, they've tracked her height, her physical growth. Is yeah. she, um, what do they call it? Like within the certain percentile yeah. of growing. Um, if you're in a faith community, you kind of get brought on the spiritual journey. If you're, there are these- I other- want to say, man, all of that is cognitive for the most part. But there are these yeah. other things that people track. And and really from our upbringing, yeah. no one ever said, hey, by the way, you do have an emotional identity too, and we want to yeah. help develop it. And so we get to being an adult. So many of our listeners, very similar to us, learned in their 20s, 30s, 40s, oh, you mean emotion is something that I need to be mature in? Yeah. Mature doesn't mean locked down or controlled. Mature means aware of yeah. the impact, aware of the necessity of them. Well, mature, I think, um, if you think about what it is to be wise, and I, I mean, I'm not trying to go off on this tangent, but but as as a withdrawer, I want to know and I think pursuers want to know this too. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying you don't, but like, I'm like, as a withdrawer, I want to know how things work. Like I want to go and have an answer. I want it until I have something figured out. I don't want to mess with it. The problem is I, I go into my head and then I end up not engaging with what is my emotion. And so to be wise, to be, to be smart, to be kind of, um, uh, what do we call that? What'd you call it? Developed or developmentally? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be more mature. Like, to be more mature, I really have to be able to go in and fail. The problem is, so many withdrawers have learned that failure is not an option. We're not allowed to get it wrong, and so even if, even if, and me and Angela were talking about this last night. Even if I say I'm going to try to go experiment with this uh, emotion. Right, I'm going to try to go share something with my wife. If I go try to do that, and if, if she gets any piece of the response wrong, then I go, okay, well, that's wrong. So I start over, and I don't process the feeling of, of failing there or the feeling of missing it. And even if I do, sometimes, and I think I think pursuers are a little more emotionally attuned, they'll hear that as my own shame coming forward. And I'm like, and then, then I'm like, oh my gosh, now I'm going away from that too. So I'm like, heck, heck, if it's not hard for a withdrawer. And I, I want to say almost, um, it, it's super hard work. It's super hard work for a withdrawer to come forward with what they feel and get responded to. Cause almost no response is a good response. Cause withdrawers have been taught to show that to be, to have your emotion noticed is bad. Right. So we, I've been taught to have a feeling and have it noticed for the most part is bad. If and I so even I'm in a good place and say, Hey, Chad, I noticed something's happening yeah. for you. Me drawing attention to it implies he's doing something wrong. And so th- there's this yeah. tricky dance, even with a couple who wants to be acutely aware of these dances or these cycles and who wants to make a safe space for their partner to dig into these emotions, like what Chad is saying. Yeah. It's a really tricky interaction. Even if he's fully engaged and wants to talk about it, let's say I don't understand. Let me, something, I want to jump in with or you. Or I ask for clarity. Yeah. Even the, those questions just land in a bad place, and then I'm here. We go. It, it can kind of flare up that cycle. Well, and I want to say that, like, so what a withdrawer does that that is so nasty in relationship is hide the most intimate part of themselves. Mm. They hide. And so it's like, you don't, Angela, you don't get to see the the deepest parts of me 
Because if I show them, I'm pretty sure you're not going to like them. I'm pretty sure you won't want to see them. Well, then then we don't have much of a bond. And you really, Angela, you really do get left. You get abandoned in that way. But I think it's also dangerous for you because let's say you show them to me, there is a, based on our experience and and our cycle and what a pursuer tends to do, there is a chance that I'm going to coach you in those or or imply that There's not even a a chance. You will a lot of times. (laughs) It's It's not chance. It's not chance. You did it yesterday probably. I don't know. Who knows? But I'm like... So it's really, it is hard to shift. And so I kind of want to bring up another question on your journey because we're talking about your experience. I was thinking the same thing. Which is then if you can articulate a little bit about how... Now that you know this stuff, we say this all the time, Chad and I know this stuff and teach this stuff. And that doesn't mean we can stop our cycle mid cycle. It doesn't mean we can always apply it, but there has been a shift. There has been a change. Can you articulate possibly what Chad who didn't know this stuff would have done versus (laughs) new Chad? Yeah, New Chad. I sure can. Thanks for asking. The real Chad. I definitely can. That's all I've got. Thank you. Uh, no, uh, the, the way it's changed is, um, I, I do it. I mean, I, I go against my gut. I go against even my own logic. And I sometimes tell you things that I don't want to tell you. And, and sometimes that works out really well. And sometimes it doesn't work out so well. That's the thing that I think uh, a logical withdrawer can kind of evaluate and see is that like, if I don't ever tell you, it doesn't get better. It, no. There is zero chance that this gets better, even though my gut body heart tells me it will, right? If, if this relationship is important, the only move I really have, if I don't want to leave you in isolation and abandonment and kind of alone, if I, if I want to let you see me, if I want to be engaged in part of this, then I know I have to sometimes go against what my gut tells me and I have to say, this is what's going on for me. And sometimes I do it knowing full well that I'm going to get coached. Then I'm going to get what I don't want. Then I'm going to get told I'm bad or whatever, like in my head, not, not, not directly. Yeah. yeah. But I'm like, and I know that's not going to go so well, but I still do it because sometimes it does go differently. Sometimes Angela does respond well to that sometimes. And it, and I'm not, when I say that, I'm not saying Angela did that wrong. I'm saying my body is learning to take in that I could be responded to. My body is learning to take in even feedback around how I feel. That it's even okay for me to say, I see you in that place that you've just shared that you see as a weakness and I'm acknowledging it. That is a dangerous move. Yeah. Even if I validate it, that acknowledgement is is hard in your body. Because I don't believe that you want me if I, what, fail. Uh, Yeah. If I get it wrong. And I see my emotion as wrong. Yeah. My life has taught me that. So for me to share anything is... A failure. So here, I unless wanna, I get well, positive I wanna kinda, response. Before we kind of get into the connect point, and the connect point is going to really be about not just withdrawers. I want to say about cognitive people. Yeah. People who are kind of in their head with this first. You can be a pursuer and be a heady pursuer. Yes, yes, yes. You can be an emotional withdrawer. But I, I want to kind of say, if you're in this cognitive place where you you're thinking about it, yeah, you have kind of said. There is just almost like this, I'm just doing it. The change is, I know it's good for me, and so I'm going to do it. Yeah. And so for me, I kind of want to make that overt, because I think that there are some maybe pursuers or withdrawers that will say, is it ever going to feel great (laughs) to do it? Sometimes it does. Sometimes it lands. Sometimes there's crying or hugging or whatever, you know, comes where you get responded to in that area. But we are retraining our bodies 
not only to do a thing that our bodies have told us not to do most of our lives, we're, we're going against a strategy that has protected us personally and in relationship. And so it's going to feel bumpy. And so that's, for me, I think that's the thing I want you to kind of speak to is, is it just a hunker down and do it? Or is there a shift where I want to say, does it get easier or talk a little bit about that, how it feels different before you used to not do it at all. Then you kind of were like, I'm going to try it. Now you do it more often. Does, is that kind of growth journey? I, I want the answer to be, Oh, it feels totally better. (laughs) But the real Emhoffs don't fake it. No. Uh, I, it feels like 2% better. 2% out of a hundred. I'm like, it doesn't feel that much. And I've been doing this a long time, but I'll tell you what is better is that I, and cognitively I can hold this emotionally. It's still hard to like grasp that, that this other move will work. Cognitively. I can hold this. I can say what is better is our relationships better. You, yeah. you see me a little bit differently. You see me as more engaged. You see me as, and, and that, do. that allows me to be um, successful in this relationship. If I don't do it, right. If I don't find a way to engage with you, let you in, Feels pretty then, desperate then you, me. then you're over there and guess what? What happens more? If I'm looking at outcomes, you get more anxious. You, you, mm-hmm. you get more frustrated. Then, then I kind of end up blaming you and, and it's easy. This is what's nasty. Y'all it's easy for me to blame a pursuer because they have all the words. They use all the energy. Yeah. They, yeah. they, but what really is hard is that the, per, the pursuer is really only trying to get to the bond to the relationship. And so it, it's really not fair to pursuers that withdrawers oftentimes look like the more stoic, the more stable, the more they look that way. But really, I'm just as reactive internally as, as any uh, most escalated pursuer, but I'm just showing it in such a different way. Yeah. It's, it's the shutdown. It's this coldness. It's this disengagement. It's, and if you think about it, withdrawers are really kind of lying a lot of the time. If, if now I'm not giving you, I'm not saying you're <laughs> whatever, but I'm like, we're not being true to what our experience is. And so, and my whole body tells me, don't be true to your experience because if I am, it will be used against me. It will be attacked. It will be criticized. It'll be corrected. It'll be all those things. So no, I, it's not like I've got this big, Oh, flush of warm feelings. We're going to guarantee you can get 2% better. That's enough. That's a good. All you need to do is shift 2% because if I get 2%, you get 2%. It feels way better on my end when he engages than just 2%. But there is a part of this that is in the, it's not going to feel right because we've been so trained to do it the other way that we do have to kind of go, can I trust this? Can, and even if I can't, can I try it anyway? And I'll say and sometimes it feels a lot better, Yeah, yeah. but, but most of the time, no, it's this, it's a practice of saying, I am going to be better at this thing for me. And I, you, keep, I'm being honest. So. We're going to keep talking <laughs> yeah. about this. Our next episode, we're going to dive into my side of how this has changed me and kind of it, obviously not as much of a cognitive approach, more of <laughs> She'll a probably cry. felt sense. Oh, uh, but man, we really appreciate you listening to us. Your connect point for this week is really just to kind of check in with that withdrawer and say, hey, how does this feel? And and where are you with this? If if he's making a 2% change or she is making a 2% change, that's change. And that's really important. It's important for us pursuers to see the efforts that those withdrawers are making and say, man, I see the work that you're doing and I appreciate that you're staying engaged with me on the pursuer side of it, being curious. And so we want you to just kind of have a conversation about 
how this process of learning that emotions are valuable is shifting your relationship and shifting you personally. So we hope that you can connect over that. One of the best things you can do for us not only is to continue listening, but subscribe if you haven't already. You can like us. You can give us a review. I love this. We got a review that said, Chad and Angela are so animated and real. Love their work. Take advantage of their homework questions on point, on topic every week. We'd love for you. Thank you for that review, by the way. We would love for you to take advantage of our yeah. uh, connect points. We're doing this because we want to help couples actually have content to talk about. So we hope that you will not only have the conversation, but you'll tune in next week as we dive into the other side of this journey. Thanks, Angela. Thanks, y'all.